Well, good morning, Fellowship Fayetteville. Psalm 34, eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. Let's sing praises to our King this morning. Let's worship our great God. Join us in singing this morning. There is now a hope that lasts beyond our days. For the one that once was buried lives again. Now the tomb is bare and empty and the stone is rolled away. Praise the risen one who overcame the grave. All you broken hearted, all you worn and weak. Come find living water, everlasting streams. To the wandering spirit, lost and searching, wanting something more. Find the risen King who overcomes the world. And let there be dancing in the darkness, and let our song break through the night. Lift your voice and sing that Christ is King, for Jesus is alive. Resurrection, perfect love, I set the captives free. Praise the risen King who stands in victory. Fellowship Fayetteville, welcome to church. It is great to have you 
with us here this morning. And if you're watching with us live right now, uh, welcome. If you're catching us at a later time, it's great to have you with us this morning uh, as well. And so thanks for joining us. Uh, we can't see you, uh, but we would love to know that you're here. And so uh, on, if you're live with us right now on Facebook or on our website, man, just, just drop us a note and say hi. We'd love to know that you're here. Love to know where you're watching from or who you're watching with or maybe say hi to someone else uh, that you know might be watching as well. Or send a text and say, hey, join us for church. Uh, we're, we're watching church right now. And so it is great to have you with us here this morning. And so while you are doing that, while you're kind of letting us know that you're here, we actually have uh, a word from our elders. And so our elders just felt compelled to uh, put together kind of some, some thoughts and comments uh, about what they are discussing, what we're kind of going through as we're kind of navigating this season as a church. And so we invite you to, to hear a word from our elders and watch this video with us right now. Hey Fellowship, I remember the first time I heard some collective wisdom from the elder team here. It was several years ago, 22 in fact, when uh, Fellowship was facing challenges of growth and the elders were led of the Lord to come to this conclusion, as Fellowship grows larger, it must become smaller. Had an idea not long ago and shared with our elder team, why not let the body hear from our, our elders right now as we face challenges of masks, staying six feet apart, all that's going on with COVID right now. And as we take a look at this uh, and what the heart and the thoughts of our elders are as we pray through where fellowship's headed, where God's leading us in the future, I, I think there's three opportunities in front of us. One is to be uh, alert and aware of what God's leading us into. Uh, we're not falling into this, we're being led into it. Number two is while we're in the middle of it, uh, is to be focused uh, on the opportunities that God's putting before us, that He's entrusting to us in the middle of a pandemic. And number three is to be creative. Even to the fact as fellowship continues to grow larger, we've got an opportunity to stay smaller and stay focused and creative with small group ministry and online experiences. We sure miss you. I know our family does and we miss gathering with, uh, with everyone and I'm sure you feel the same. I just want to say thank you for praying for the elders uh, as we look at all that information uh, and we seek the Holy Spirit's direction and we look in the Word and we pray together. We're looking for unity of our elders about when we need to come back. And I was just thinking about uh, when we come back uh, it's going to be an incredible celebration. I was thinking the other day about just when we get to heaven, what that celebration is going to be like. Well, in the same breath, I think it's going to be neat, really special when we all get back and celebrate together and be back with the body. It'll be a wonderful thing. But the church is still alive today. Thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you for the ministries that you have, the discipleship that you're doing, the intentionality with your family. I know my family, we've had some really special times looking at all the services virtually, and it's been a great time. And I hope you've had the same. So let's endure and have some patience and perseverance over whatever the next time period is. And thank you for your prayers. We look forward to getting back with you soon and have an incredible celebration together. Thank you for your incredible support over these last very unique five months. I assure you that although we're not meeting live and in person, that the mission, the vision is moving forward and it is strong. The staff is working incredibly hard and creatively to serve a lot of families. Please continue to pray with us that we as a church would continue to be led by the Holy Spirit. Blessings to you all.
As is the case of so many of you, this is the longest time in my whole life that I've been since going to church, physically going to church. And that is hard. But in the midst of this, I'm so thankful for the way that God continues to work through Fellowship Bible and the countless stories of your acts of service, of your encouragement, of your generosity, of you reaching out to others in need. With that, we also cherish your prayers as we seek the wisdom of the Holy Spirit and for His direction and His direction only. So keep looking to Him and look forward to seeing you soon. I wanted to say a few words to you and decided Paul said it a whole lot better than I could. So I want to read something to you out of Philippians chapter 1. It says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It's right for me to feel this way about you, since I have you in my heart. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God. Not acting out of fear, the church is meeting the needs of the body and those outside of the body through our talented staff and also the intentional uh, acts of our body as they send cards, make phone calls, do those driveway visits, do small group gatherings, and do Zoom meetings. All of those displaying the love we share in Christ Jesus. And we're all doing it with a lot of self-discipline. None of us would have ever chosen to fellowship or communicate in the methods that we're using today. But through that, we are truly blessed though. And my encouragement to you is to stay well and carry on, church. You know, as we continue to monitor many, many uh, details uh, surrounding the COVID virus, as we continue to seek expert opinion, and balance many, many risks versus benefits. We just ask that you would continue to pray for us as we pray with you, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that we will continue to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and that we won't lean on our understanding, but rather we will acknowledge and seek God's will. That's what we're doing. In the meantime, continue to do the most important thing, Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbors. Love all of those around you and in your community and in your community group as yourself. Thank you for being so supportive during all this time. As we live through these uncertain times, uh, may we see God more clearly. Remember, during good times and difficult times, God is faithful. God can be trusted. Romans 12, 12 and 13 says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with God's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Each of us is the church, it's not a building. Continue to pursue God and love each other. Uh, we have so much to be grateful for, even in the midst of a pandemic. God is active and at work in our body in some amazing ways.
Uh, we are extremely grateful for how he has provided so creatively in, in a number of ways, uh, not the least of which is our clarity study and our online uh, videos and other uh, ministry tools that are reaching uh, many people that we may not otherwise been able to reach. We're also grateful for your generosity and your compassion. We have a lot of people that are in our body and our community that are hurting, and you have reached out to them again with great compassion and great generosity. God is at work, and we have so much to be grateful for. But let us not be distracted by all the things that are going around us in our world. Let us seek to have a laser beam focus on our mission and vision. Let's love God completely. Let's uh, care for others deeply, and may we continue to make disciples. So Fellowship, that's our elder board who make decisions on behalf of this body, who pray on behalf of this body, who pray for people in our body. And right now we're seeking God's wisdom. James 1.5 says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And that's what this group is doing. So during this time, I encourage you, don't lose hope. Don't lose sight of our vision. And don't discount what the hidden hand of God may be doing without our knowing. Let's stay focused on the mission before us. And soon we'll be back together again. Well, uh, it's a, a great word from our elders this morning. And I know as a staff person, I appreciate and acknowledge that the challenges that they're facing and pretty much anyone in a place of leadership right now in our communities are all facing some difficult decisions and choices. And so I, I'm thankful for them and their leadership uh, in our, our lives and also thankful for our worship team this morning. It's just fun to see some uh, fellowship faces that was specifically from Fayetteville kind of gathered and leading us this morning. And also we're gonna hear from uh, Brian Pope who is a, a longtime friend and ministry partner of mine. And actually uh, I am here this this morning uh, directly because of Brian Pope. And so when I was a teenager over 25 years ago, uh, Brian came to me and invited me and he said, hey, Finley, uh, hey, I, I'm kind of curious what would happen if we took some high school students and, and allowed you to be ministers of the gospel in the lives of some middle schoolers, some fifth and sixth graders. And I thought that sounded great, but it was actually kind of a radical idea at the time. And so uh, Brian's initiative in my life and in inviting me to come and join him in ministry is the reason that I'm here today, that I'm still at Fellowship Bible Church, that I'm a part of this staff team. And so uh, his uh, willingness to engage and initiate in my life has been immensely impactful. And so uh, I'm offering for you this morning a similar idea. Uh, we're asking you, we talked last week about kind of our small group initiative and what it's going to look like. We're asking you to, to step in. Uh, we're inviting you, as Brian kind of invited me, hey, come join us. Come be a part of something. And so here's kind of what our small group vision is for this fall and this season. It's got four main components. The first one is uh, gather together in a small group. Uh, that could look like two families, just two families, two or three families gathering together. That could look like several couples. It, it could look like some roommates living here, gathering with some roommates living over here, but a small group of 10 or less gathering together on a consistent basis. It also looks like potentially looking around you into your neighborhood. Your neighborhood could be people on your street. Your neighborhood could be some people that you work with that you could take initiative in their life and invite them in and engage. Uh, we're also asking 
as a part of this kind of uh, small group season, that the whole family have an opportunity to gather together. And so if you've got kids, moms and dads, include your whole family in your small group during this time. And then lastly, look for opportunities to serve. And so you're going to be hearing from us some more opportunities to serve. Uh, You can also go online. Let us know that you're going to be leading a small group or let us know if you need to get involved in a small group. That's our vision for this fall. We're asking you, inviting you in, hey, come be a part of something, be a part of this ministry of the gospel that's taking place here in our community at this time. Uh, The last thing I want to make you aware of is uh, we are still going to have our Emerge experience take place this fall. We we didn't have this summer because of a lot of the the COVID factors, but you are going to have it this fall. Uh, Emerge is our eight-week experience for seriously dating and engaged couples. And so uh, while it might look just a little bit different than it has in the past, it's going to be the same experience, the same content. And so if that is you, if you're a seriously dating or engaged couple, or you know someone who is, we actually have a, a place for you to sign up online, you can go and just search Merge on our website, or we'll have a link here um, if you're watching with us live as well. But we invite you guys to come be a part of Merge um, if that is where you are in this season. And so uh, with that, we're going to continue on in our service, and I'm going to pray for us this morning. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just ask, we ask as we take a a deeper look into the church in the book of Acts, God, in the way that this um, city was transformed by the power of the gospel that we too, uh, in our our church, in our community, uh, would be changed. Uh, Thank you for the opportunity to open up your scriptures. Thank you for this ability to engage this morning. Uh, We need you, we love you, and we continue to have hope and and to await, God, um, a, a filling of your spirit in our life and just desire your closeness, your presence in our life. And thank you for this church as we gather and worship together at this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, and worship his holy name. And sing like never before, Worship your holy name. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. And worship your holy name. And sing like never before. Oh my soul. I worship your holy invite you to sing sing this with us this morning. The lost, the lonely, the powerless, we find our unity in Christ. What our world is looking for is unity and we find it in Jesus. So let's sing this together. All the poor. All the poor and powerless and all the lost and lonely all the thieves will come And know that you are holy. And know that you are holy. And all will sing out hallelujah. And we will cry out 
sing this out with us. And all the hearts who are content, and all who feel unworthy, all who hurt with nothing left, will know that you are whole.
worth far more than anything this world can offer. Give me the strength and grace to endure suffering, mockery, or ridicule because of following you. My identity is secure in being a child of God, redeemed from sin through the work of Jesus Christ. Help me to live in that identity every day, knowing that is where true and lasting joy, peace, love, and fulfillment can be found. Amen. Good morning, Fellowship. My name is Brian Pope. I'm the Global Outreach Director here at Fellowship. Some would call that the missions pastor. And I just love every chance that I get to teach to Fayetteville. I have a daughter who's going to be a sophomore at the University of Arkansas. My son is going to be a a senior at Fayetteville High. Matter of fact, this week, my wife and I will celebrate our 25th anniversary. Now, normally, if we were gathering together, and I just would have told you that, I would expect applause would probably break out. This is different. We're walking through a strange season. I'm not used to teaching in front of a camera to an empty room. I like a little bit of interaction. Matter of fact, my wife, when she was giving me advice as I prepared for this, she says, don't tell any jokes. It's just going to be crickets. All of us are stepping into something new. All of us are stepping into something that we haven't experienced before. And in a small way, as we begin to walk through the book of Acts, I think we can relate to the disciples. See, before this, for three years, they have physically been walking alongside of Jesus. And Jesus, for the most part, has been doing all the ministry, carrying all the load. 
And then after his death and his resurrection, he's going to leave the disciples and he's going to tell them, continue on. Continue on with the ministry. And they're going to be saying, man, I'm stepping into something that I'm not comfortable with. How do I do this? I'm so excited this morning to be walking with you through a section of the book of Acts. And we're really just going to be looking at this question right here. What if God's people, empowered by the Spirit, armed with the Word, take initiative in their city? Matter of fact, we're going to start this morning. We're actually not going to start in the book of Acts. We're going to start in Luke chapter 4. And I encourage you, if you have your Bibles with you, your paper Bibles, open them up. If you're following us online live right now, I believe on the right-hand side of the screen, there might be a place that you can click, and this verse uh, will digitally, magically appear. But Luke chapter 4 says this, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. When they had ended, he became hungry. What happened right before this is we know that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan. And right after he was baptized, it says, the Spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove. He was full of the Holy Spirit. And look at the verses. It says that the Spirit is the one who led him into the wilderness, into a difficult place in order to be tempted by the devil. And what do we learn from the model that Jesus shows us during those temptations? Every time a temptation is brought to him, by the devil, how does Jesus defend it? How does he fight it? How does he push the enemy away? He quotes scripture. He just battles with the word of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, led into a difficult place, fights temptation with the word of God. Now we're going to jump ahead to Acts Chapter 1, verse 8. And here we're going to see the whole outline of the book of Acts laid out. Jesus, after his resurrection, appears to his followers and says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus outlines the whole book of Acts Right there. The way that I always picture this is like taking a giant stone and throwing it into a pond. And what do you see? This splash and it begins to ripple out and reaches every corner of that pond. And that's what's going to happen, we know, with the gospel. But there's one word that I want to focus on in this verse. It's the word power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You know, that's something that we don't often say when somebody comes into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Normally when that happens, we, we, we kind of celebrate and we say, yeah, your sins have been forgiven. Or we might say, oh, do you realize that right now you are a child of God? 
Or we might even go, hey, you are my brother and sister in Christ. We are all a part of the same family of God. All of those things are absolutely true. All of those things are incredible. But rarely, personally, if I have seen somebody pray to receive Christ and I say, hey, guess what? You've just received power because the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So as we enter into the chapters that we're going to be studying today in the book of Acts, I want you to realize those two things. How Jesus fought off Satan in the wilderness just using the word of God and how he promised his disciples once they receive the Holy Spirit, they're going to have power to accomplish the work that God's given them to do. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2.10 says this. It says, we are, Christ, uh, we are God's work, uh, workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God has prepared before, uh, beforehand for us. And so we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he already has planned. So when we come into a relationship with Christ, we receive a purpose and God is going to give us the power to accomplish that purpose. So let's jump into our section today. Acts 5, starting in verse 17. But the high priest rose up along with all his associates, that is a sect, a sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in public jail. They're filled with jealousy. They're filled with anger. Why was the religious leaders of that time filled with jealousy? Well, if you look at the verses immediately preceding this, we see that the apostles are going out, they are teaching, and also they're performing miracles that people are being healed. And they begin to follow after the apostles. And the spiritual leaders of that day, instead of becoming excited and instead of celebrating that people are experiencing life change, they become jealous because the people stop following them. I've got a confession that I'd like to make to y'all, something that I'm kind of embarrassed to confess is before I became missions pastor, there were several different ministries and roles that I was involved with, a lot with youth and college. And sometimes I would hear about other ministries or other churches doing things that people just really started to drive to those other churches or other ministries. I'd hear stories of life change and people getting baptized. And to be honest, instead of celebrating, I became jealous. And I began to ask the question, man, why is that not happening here? Why is that not happening in this ministry? And I just wanted to give you a quick tip. The, the way that I found to combat that is that I began to pray for those ministries and began to thank God for what was happening and began to ask that he would continue that work that was happening there. And so today, if you find yourself jealous of anybody else or the ministry that's going on with them, I just encourage you to pray. But the spiritual leaders did not do that. Matter of fact, they became so angry, they went out, laid hands on the apostles, and they put them in public jail. 
And the next verse says this, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the gates of the prison and taking them out, he said, go, stand and speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. So already I've told you some pretty amazing things were going on. Matter of fact, people were experiencing miraculous healing. And then now we have this miraculous encounter with an angel that opens up the doors and sets them free from the prison. And as we read this book, we might even ask ourselves, does God still work that way today? And I wanted to give an opportunity for y'all to hear a story from one of our global workers who is serving overseas. And he's experienced some of these things that we see in the book of Acts. Take a look. I'm a global worker working in Northwest Africa currently, living in a city of close to 3 million people. Uh, this city is, it's got about 0.6% evangelical Christianity. It's dominated by Islam. Um, it's a difficult place to live, but thankfully God is at work. Um, I moved there a few years ago. I um, used to live in Bentonville, Arkansas, teaching and coaching, and just living a normal everyday life when God started to rock my world with stories that I've read through the book of Acts, stories that I've read of the miraculous that God's doing um, through everyday people. And so we moved there and currently we have about 13 groups that are Muslim groups that are studying the word every single day. They're studying, they're obeying, they're sharing the word and we're seeing lives begin to change in miraculous ways um, through the word of God. And it's just an incredible joy to be a part of what God is doing on a daily basis there. And I wanna share one quick story with you guys um, about a, a normal day-to-day -day living situation that turned to the miraculous very quickly. Um, my car was hit from behind, had some problems, but it still worked. Well, eventually it died on the way home. It's a Friday night, it's late. My family's in the car with me. So I get some friends to help push the car on the side of the road, get a taxi, send my family home. So I sit down on the side of the road and shortly a young man comes out of the building. He's dressed in a security uniform. And I find out he's actually a security guard for this store, which is a pretty common job in this country. We strike up a great conversation. This young man's name is Muhammad. And conversation is wonderful. He's friendly. Well, my help finally arrives. They get my vehicle started and I'm about to leave. And it's one of those moments when the spirit grabs my heart and says, you cannot leave yet. It's in the day-to-day -day things where I'm gonna do the miraculous. And I go back to visit with Muhammad and I tell him, Muhammad, I believe that God allows everything to happen for a reason. And Muhammad had a huge smile on his face. He agreed. You see, Muhammad's very passionate about his faith, about Islam. I then tell him that I believe my car broke down in front of his store that night for a reason. Again, he's happy, he's shaking my hand. And then I tell him next, that I believe that reason is that God wants him to know that Jesus loves him so much and Jesus is the only way to eternity. And Muhammad's jaw almost hits the ground. He was in shock and he knew not what to say at all. I then hand him my phone number and say, Muhammad, I'm gonna pray that this week, Jesus comes to you in a dream and when he does, I want you to call me. 
This wasn't the normal strategy that I take. Normally it's getting people to start studying the Word of God, but when the Spirit speaks, our job is clearly to obey. Finally, Muhammad agrees. He's confused. He's a little shocked still. I get in my car and I drive off. The next Wednesday night, five nights later, I get a call. It says, this is Muhammad. He said, I want you to know that I think I had a dream from Jesus last night. Can I tell you? I show up the next night at Muhammad's work again. And he says, I went to sleep and it was pitch black. Couldn't tell where I was and finally realized that I was walking through a forest completely by myself. Shortly after that, I could see two lights in front of me. And as the lights began to get closer and closer, I realized that it was your car that I was seeing. I said, after I realized it was your car, I then saw your face. And the moment I saw your face, I heard a loud voice from somewhere else say, everything this man is saying is true. Muhammad then looks at me and said, I woke up and knew what you were saying about Jesus was the truth. We get out the Word of God, we get out the sword of the Spirit, and we study John chapter 14 and Romans chapter 10 together. And I can gladly say now that Muhammad is now a brother in Christ. And even more so, Muhammad is now discipling other Muslim friends in the Word as well. It's not something complicated. He's reading the Word, he's asking questions, and he's allowing these guys to learn how to obey and share the Word as well. So what I've realized in this journey through all of these groups is that it's nothing special that I've done or can do because I really can't do anything special, but it's the Spirit of God working in us through His Word in everyday life situations where He does the miraculous just like He was doing in the book of Acts. Praise God. Does God do the miraculous today? Man, yes, He does. And we are so blessed. And I think especially when you're taking the gospel into new areas that it's never reached before, we get to hear amazing things like that. Well, what happened next with the apostles? Uh, one commentator said it was like a scene from the Keystone Cops. The religious leaders get up in the morning, gather together. They call the guards and they say, go get the apostles. They go down to the jail. They find the guards standing there. The gates, the prison cells locked. But when they go in there, the apostles are not there. They run back and they report to the officials. They said, the people we put there, they're, they're not there. Then they hear this report of them standing in the temple and preaching. They're sent to go grab them. They're, they're afraid to cause a scene. They don't violently grab them, but they ask that they come with them because they're afraid that the people are going to stone them. They bring them back in front of the leaders and verse 27 says this, when they brought them, they stood them before the council. The high priest questioned them saying, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name. And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You see, the religious leaders knew that they were guilty possibly guilt, guilty of the greatest crime ever committed. Taking the son of God who knew no sin, the only perfect man to ever live and to crucify him on a cross. 
Peter's reply was simply this. Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. But notice what Peter does next. He begins to preach the gospel. He says, the God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you have put to death by hanging him on a cross. He is the one whom God has exalted to his right hand as a prince and a savior to grant repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. What Peter was telling them, he was saying, yes, you are guilty. But this Jesus grants repentance, which means a change of mind, which leads to a change of action. Peter is saying that if you would change your mind, if you would realize that this Jesus is the son of God, if you would realize and believe that he was raised from the dead, this forgiveness will be for you also. Well, the religious leaders didn't react that way. Matter of fact, they became more angry and they decided that they were going to kill them. And ironically, it was a Pharisee who stood up and began to talk them out of it. And what he said was, he says, hey, we've had other people rise up and their work was not from God. And it just quickly, the movement died away. He says, if this work is from God, it will continue on. But if it's not, if it's not, I would just go, go away. And so instead of executing them, they flogged them. They took rods and they began to beat them across the back. And the apostles left there persecuted, but with joy. And they celebrated and they worshiped, considering themselves worthy to suffer in the name of Christ. What were the disciples doing? They're basically answering this question. What if God's people, empowered by the spirit, armed with the word, take initiative in their city? And that's what we're going to see happen all throughout the book of Acts. Hey, last week at the end of Michael's service, he invited Clark to come up. And we have some new ideas that we'd love to see you, the people of fellowship, begin to start doing to engage your community, engage your family in small groups this year. And I'd like to invite Aaron Parks, our own Aaron Parks, to come up. And they've started something new in their neighborhood. And we just basically just given it the name called Street Church. And one of those ideas that the small groups is saying this year is like, hey, why don't you begin to invest in your neighborhood. Why don't you reach out to the people that you live very close to? And so Aaron, could you just tell us a little bit about Street Church? Sure, yeah. So uh, the idea actually started right when all of this COVID stuff kind of began and we um, just stopped meeting together uh, here on Sunday mornings. And my wife Kelly had the idea of, hey, what if we gathered people here in our neighborhood to just worship gather around God's word and pray together. And the funny thing is, uh, it actually rained the first six weeks uh, on Sunday morning, uh, every Sunday uh, when this COVID stuff started. And we know because every day about Thursday or every week about Thursday or Friday, we'd check the weather and go, ah, we can't, we can't do that. And so um, we actually 
the idea actually kind of died for a little bit. And then we heard about another group on the other side of town who they were meeting in their, on their street and they were singing together. They were praying together. They were just reading some of God's word. And it inspired us to start doing that in our neighborhood as well. And so we just started gathering people and said, hey, anybody that wants to come, we're going to do three things. We're going to gather around God's word. We're going to pray together and we're going to worship. And some of that worship was, is through music. Some is through reading the Psalms. And it's been a really beautiful time for, for us, for our family, for our neighborhood. Uh, it's an intergenerational gathering. Uh, we've got people from each generation coming together and worshiping and learning together. Uh, from David, our three-year-old, up into some people that have, uh, they got quite a bit more years than David does, but uh, it, it's just a beautiful thing to sit around together in camping chairs and to worship uh, together as the body of Christ. We've got people that don't, even, that don't go to fellowship. They go to other churches, and we're just gathering together, united by Christ, uh, worshiping together. Yeah, and, and since this COVID uh, started, Aaron and I have been uh, actually officing pretty close to each other. Not too close, six, yeah, feet, six, apart, feet, six, six, six feet apart. Six feet apart. And every Monday I get to hear stories about what's happening at a, at a street church. And Aaron, this last week you were so excited and you shared with me something that happened in your street church, something that happened uh, through prayer and seeing those prayers answered. Could you share that story? Yeah, there's actually another one that has happened since then. Um, so there's a couple of them. One of them is, um, you know, one of the first couple of weeks we did this. It's just a beautiful thing. We were sitting there and I said, hey, everybody, let's, let's pray together. And Kelly said, hey, Aaron, can we pray for this neighbor of ours uh, who's a nine-year-old girl who's going through uh, chemotherapy? And so she had just gotten back, her family had just gotten back from Little Rock the night before. Uh, and so they weren't able to join us, but we were praying for that, this family and we've been praying for them every week. And this last week, they actually got to join us and they sat in our yard and they got to worship with us and we got to pray for them. We got to look at their house and say, they're in there right now. Let's pray for them. Uh, and it was a beautiful thing. Uh, and then this other story that I'd shared with you was one week, um, five of our kids were going to New Life Ranch to camp. And so we said, hey, let's pray for these guys. Um, there's, just, there's a lot of boys. We got four boys, this other family that's there. They have three boys. So there's a lot of, a lot of boys in our neighborhood. And so we're saying, hey, let's pray for all of them. And so we all took turns kind of praying for these kids as they go off to camp. The next week at Street Church, uh, it was an amazing thing. I was talking with uh, one of Dan, one of, his, the, the, one of the dads, and he was saying, hey, can we share this with the group today? And so I was like, yeah, sure, share what happened. And so he got to share that Andrew, their kid going into third grade, he had accepted Christ on that Saturday. So just that day before we met for street church, and I was able to share with the believers there, hey, you guys prayed for these kids, and you got to see what God did. He used this week of camp to change Andrew's life, and he became a follower of Jesus. And it was beautiful because we actually got to take communion that day. And it was awesome to take communion with him, knowing that he'd been a follower of Jesus less than 24 hours. And so uh, it was just really cool to see that we prayed for this and to see God actually honor our prayers and to see what he did in his life. So it's just, a, it was a beautiful thing. Gosh, I love hearing that. I, I know what a lot of people are thinking as they watch this. They might be thinking, well, there's Aaron Parks professional Christian. Of course he can do street church or they might be sitting there thinking, man, street church sounds really great. I hope somebody starts a street church in our neighborhood. And really, Aaron, what we want to do is, man, can somebody who's a follower of Christ, empowered by the spirit, 
armed with the word of God, could they start their own street church? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing is it's not meant to be something that's really complicated. Uh, when we get together, we've got kind of this simple plan uh, that actually our team here has put together and it's on the, on the website. You can find it under family worship resources. And basically what I do is I just download that and print off 20 copies and put it on a little table and let everybody grab one of those. And we just walk through it. There's a call to worship. There's some songs. Uh, there's a Spotify playlist that if you don't have somebody in your group that can play music, you can, I know I actually heard of a group yesterday. There's uh, about six of these groups now uh, all across Fayetteville. And this one group, he said, uh, they're reading through Mark and they don't have anybody that, can, that is even remotely musically inclined. And so they just pull up a couple of songs on Spotify and they rotate who's in charge of that each week. And so everybody is in charge and everybody's getting to use their gifts. And so uh, it's just a really cool thing. It's not meant to be something that's super complicated. It's not meant to be something that's super polished. Um, I mean, uh, honestly, this last week, uh, my three-year-old, I couldn't find him in the middle of us singing songs. And so I had to stand up and go look and everybody else knew what was going on because I go looking through the house and in the backyard and I'm gone for about five minutes and everybody else saw him walk back around the house and come sit in his chair. And then they saw me peeking my head out. And so it was just an awkward, funny thing that, that built community. And so um, imagine if each of us in our, on our streets and in our neighborhoods all across Fayetteville. Imagine if there were 150 of these street churches all over Fayetteville. And just imagine what could God do with that as we're inviting the people who are in a relatively walkable distance, people that we see at our mailbox, people that we see walking down the street every single day. And imagine if God's people, imagine if we who are empowered by the Spirit we have the same spirit that was there leading Jesus. That same spirit leads us. And imagine if we, empowered by the spirit and armed with God's word, took initiative in our neighborhoods. What could happen in our neighborhoods and here in our city? I mean, that's just, it gives me chills to think about it, Pope, of what could happen when, if there's people worshiping all over this town and how many people could be leading in their neighborhoods and how many people could come to know Christ. Uh, I don't know. It just gets me real excited to think about that. <laughs> You're getting me fired up. As a matter of fact, we're just going to pray that that happens. Yeah, Let's pray. Dear God, you are not surprised by this COVID virus. And, and dear Lord, you're sending all of us into new territory, just as you are sending the disciples into new territory to do things that they had never done before. And God, I just want to pray that prayer that we are armed by the same spirit that was in them. And God, we, we might feel like we're lacking resources, but God, that means that we can become more dependent on you. So God, I, I do pray, just as Aaron was saying, that we begin to take initiative and we begin, begin to do ministry in a new way. God, I want to pray specifically for these street churches and people reaching out in their neighborhoods that God, maybe for the very first time, their neighbors will be hearing the gospel and responding to it. And it's your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much, fellowship.